All right, all right, it's our six-month anniversary for Substitute Teacher's Lounge. It's episode 26. We're going to learn new ways of how to use existing tools. So let's see what we can do and maybe reminisce a little bit. Let's do it. This may just be the most excited I've ever been to start the podcast. Let me tell you why. I appreciate everyone following the Facebook page. First of all, that is Substitute Teachers Lounge. You can catch me at Twitter at at Subteach Lounge. And of course, email me at gregcollinsubstitute at gmail.com. Here's what we accomplished this week. For the first time ever, we've cracked the top 20 in education for kids category for the most listened to podcast. This particular podcast made it up to number 18 this week. So I'm excited about that. We picked up about three more ratings on Apple podcast system. So I'm glad you guys have come through in that regard. And there's just been a lot of things going on that I'm really excited about. Let's start with how I've used one of my favorite tools. I get asked all the time about what my favorite resources are. You'd have to be crazy at this point if you listen to all the podcasts to know that it's my favorite tool to use is Kahoot. But let me tell you what I have done. I am currently in a long-term substitute role in a social studies class in sixth grade. And that means, of course, uh, more responsibility. You want to do a better, I shouldn't say a better job, but you it really enhances the job you need to do because you really want to make sure these are these kids are learning something. You're not just coming in to occupy a chair, anything like that. Not that I would do that, but it's just a different level of responsibility, so or so it feels like. So I gave uh, the first quiz I had to give them was last week, and I sat at home grading those things. And I'm thinking, you know, there's got to be a better way than the way I'm doing this. So, as much as I like Kahoot, I'm thinking, all right, I've always said that I'm going to design a test and test the students on Kahoot. So, it just so happens that the teacher that I'm filling in for, we're, we're friends and we text quite often and she has sent me a lot of material. So she sent me a Kahoot to review, use for their review the day before the test. So that's how this thing started out. Then she sent me a hard copy of the test, which I could easily copy and paste into a Kahoot format. So I made the announcement the day before for the kids saying, we're going to take our test on Kahoot. I had to emphasize with them that this wasn't going to be a competitive thing. I also told them that each question, you'd have a full two minutes to answer the question. And Kahoot will actually allow you to make it four minutes per question. Now, I guess I think the math classes are what's in mind there because some questions that a math teacher might ask may require some calculations before they make an answer. So we got all that. And, and you know, if you're a typical school system from time to time, maybe your internet goes down. So I planned for that. I had paper copy backups and I also had them 
put a piece of notebook paper on their desk, and we made an agreement before the the question the test started in each period that if they encountered any kind of computer problem, they were to immediately raise their hand. I would come to their desk. They could glance at the question before the the correct answer was revealed, pick one of the answers, and then we would have them write that on the notebook paper. And I'll tell you how Kahoot handles questions after we get to the end. For the most part, we only had to do the exception paper route, maybe for two or three students out of 150 that whole day. So it really worked well. So basically, the day we started the test, I gave them plenty of time to log in. I told them what time we needed to get started in order to make sure we finish it. It was a 20-question test, and I know right away you're thinking, all right, 20 questions, two minutes, that's going to be a 40-minute test, which some of those questions did take that long. But keep in mind, if all you know, 25 students in the class answer early, it actually gives the results and stops the question, and that's what we did most of the time. In fact, we were studying a topic that had a film to go along with it. We had enough time at the end of class to finish the film. So then, here's the way the test went down. I started it just like any other Kahoot game. The first question came up. I read the question with them just to make sure there was no misunderstandings. I continued to encourage them that I really didn't want anybody answering within the first 30 seconds to make sure, you know, sometimes they would go in and an answer looks familiar to them at first. And then by the time they get to the end, they realize there was another answer that was more correct. I wanted them to take at least 30 seconds to answer the question. That's what I emphasize with them. If you haven't played Kahoot, you got to keep in mind that as soon as the answers, as soon as you enter an answer, you can't change your answer. So you need to be confident in it from the beginning. It is immediate gratification, too. If you're familiar with IXL or iReady that most students have to take on an ongoing basis, the results are similar to that because you're going to know whether or not you got the correct the, the question correct or not right away as soon as the question is over. One other little caveat, if you ever try this in your classroom, you're going to have to remind the kids, especially with Google Chromebooks, those Chromebooks are actually very sensitive. Once you answer a question, before the next question even comes up, if you accidentally touch your keypad or even another key on your computer, if you rub your hand across it, it sometimes will take that as an answer for the next question, even though that question hasn't been asked yet based on the area of the keypad you touched. If you're not familiar with Kahoot, once four answers are put up on the screen, they're in four different colors. Those four different colors then show up on your screen in the same location, and you touch the color that you want to answer. Obviously, if you touch it too soon or accidentally, it's going to register that question for you. So we had all those reminders going in. The kids were the, the first period kids. They weren't nervous. They were, in fact, they were probably excited. Everybody said they wanted to try it. But I could tell they felt just a little bit funny because they were going to know the answers, whether they got the answers right or not, as soon as they answered the question. Now, I will say most of my students were very well prepared, and it wasn't an issue at all. 
So here we go. We are proceeding through the test. Everybody is answering the questions. I really can't avoid showing people who's on top, although it really doesn't mean anything because they're not getting graded on how fast they answer the question and nobody's getting any prizes. And I made sure even after we got to the last question that I didn't show what they call the podium, the top three finishers. I just shut it down at that point, but they enjoyed it. They liked answering the questions that way rather than having the anxiety of leaving a room after a test, wondering how well they did, wondering how soon the teacher would have time to get it graded. They didn't have to worry about that at all. They knew before I entered the grades into the system how well they did. If they kept count in their head, they knew how many questions they had missed. They knew what their grade was going to be. So it was really very interesting. I think it was a great day. And they have told me today that it's going to be hard for them to go back to a paper test now that they enjoy taking their test on Kahoot so much. So in addition to the great competition tool that the students can use, we did that the day before when they could be a little bit more rambunctious. I was worried about that, by the way, because there's so used to celebrating after an answer, but they were actually very well behaved. I turned the sound all the way down so that they didn't have to listen to that Kahoot music. And for the most part, some of them would get it just making a, a, a quick, excited yes when they got one right. And I told them, try your best not to do that because I don't want to be intimidating to the other students. But they want to take a test on Kahoot the next time. So I, I might have created a monster. I hope that doesn't create a problem for the teacher. I actually think in the long run, it'll be easy, easiest to both administer the test and grade it, which I'll talk about here in just a moment. So we're all finished. They log off, close their computers. The next period is ready to go, and I get the screen set up for them. They're actually pretty excited. I had left directions up on the board on what I wanted them to do as soon as they walked in the room. And for the most part, when I was ready, they were ready. Basically, it was getting a piece of notebook paper and opening up a Chromebook and logging in. I had the code up on the board. They were ready to go. All right, end of the day. All questions were over. Here's the great thing that Kahoot will do for you. They have got reports that you can download. Mine downloads into Excel, but it'll download into any Google Docs or worksheet-based program you have. It calculates the percentage for you. So as long as you didn't have a computer glitch along the way, you basically already know what they scored on their on their test. There's no more going flipping through papers for a couple of hours. I remember grading four questions at a time and then just flipping through the stack. So if I had 20 questions, I would have flipped through that stack five times grading papers. Now, all I had to do is look at this Kahoot report. The cover sheet shows you the overall percentage, the percentage of students that got the questions right. But there are so many useful tabs on that. First of all, even from a teaching standpoint, what you can learn is click the individual tab for each question. And, you know, if you've got a question that even the smart kids are, I shouldn't say it like that. You know what I mean? Even if the A students are missing them. You know, maybe I didn't do such a good job of teaching that. Maybe that's a question that needs to be reconsidered. But the most amazing thing to me is that page number two on the report, 
already has a percentage calculated for each one of those students. And as long as I don't have any computer corrections made, that is the percentage I can then enter right into their grading system. So instead of it taking hours and hours to grade, I'm going to guess that since it's, it's probably going to take me maybe two minutes to enter the grades for each class, I have six periods that I teach. I'm going to guess that a good half hour and I'm finished, the grades are loaded, the students' notifications will be triggered, and we're all happy. I mean, everything went well. So I would real that that is by far my favorite tool. I would encourage you to get involved with Kahoot. There is plenty of activities you can do all that in a free system. There's also a premium system you can pay for. I won't get into the, all the options, but I know a lot of teachers that use it a lot use the premium and think it's the best thing ever, and it's not very expensive. So that was my – somebody asked me about my tool, so that is my favorite tool. That is the thing I learned about it this week, that it's going to be hard for me if I have to administer more tests to not do it through the Kahoot system. Definitely, I would encourage you, if you fall into a long-term teaching situation, use Kahoot to do that. And I think you'll be a lot happier. It'll be a lot quicker. All right. In case you don't know yet, I am a big nostalgia guy and I love to reminisce. I actually had a website at one time that I just didn't have time to keep up with called Nostalgia Guru because I couldn't think of a more intelligent sounding name. But I've always loved reminiscing about things. And I had some ideas for this week that were really based on what you had asked me for. So I want to review some of those with you. Some of you have asked me what my favorite episodes to record were, you know, and that's really very easy for me. It's the ones that I'm interviewing someone. Now, adults, we've got a lot of great information to you, but I am going to put my interview with the students on top. I absolutely love those. The one uh, I did in the classroom, and I think it was probably because students were listening to it and parents were listening to it it was the fastest to 100 listens of any episode we had ever put out and there was no comparison it like beat the previous record by you know a day and a half or something like that so i can tell you my favorite segment was just that little opening we did last week i might even close with that just for the heck of it the one where I, the students declared what the name of the show was at the beginning of the clip. I had played that over and over. I recognized some of the students' names. I remember when we recorded it, and I played it back for them. Some of them were laughing because they could pick up their own voices, or they were joking with the one setting closest to me that all they could hear were their voices, and they really had so much fun with that. I posted this morning on the Substitute Teachers Lounge page about us making it up in the number 18 in the country in kids education and I got an immediate like on that response from the assistant principal that had given me permission to do that in our school so it's so exciting for me but those are definitely my favorite things to do is to interview you guys you know I'm a yacker you can probably tell that I talk and I talk and I talk I've always joked with my students I can out talk any of you guys in here so you're going to have to keep that in mind when you try to talk too much in class now to move on some of you have asked what the most popular episodes 
I would give you the top five, but instead I'm going to give you the top six, and I'll tell you why. Uh, the top six, uh, it's kind of like the first tier. They're the highest rated episodes. And to be honest, the most popular episode, I'm going to kind of throw out, and I'll tell you why. It's the very first episode. It's the one where that was called, I'm finally approved as a substitute teacher. And so it begins. It actually has 40% more listens than the episode in second place. Now you're thinking, man, that's great, but I can kind of tell what happened. A lot of people, a lot of you have stuck around and been great listeners. And I'm thankful for it. Just like any other podcast. Some people just experiment with podcasts sometimes, and maybe they haven't been back right away. So I think that's one of the reasons some people, sometimes people may just try it out and think, well, I'll get back to it someday. Some people, it's just not their thing. The majority of you, I have stuck around, and I'm thankful that I can tell by the numbers. But I think that is why the very first episode that we ever recovered is by far number one in that spot. Now, the next, the one I will say is number two is to me much more impressive, and it's it's picked up momentum here in the last month or so. It set it fourth place for a long time. Now it's number number two. It's episode number 10, the one that is entitled, Oh No, There's a Troublemaker in My Class Today. That shows me that you all guys like information on how to deal with situations you may have in your classroom. I won't, of course, repeat everything that was mentioned in that class, but that is what I'd call the true number one. I would I would kind of cast aside the very first episode and say our overall most popular episode is episode 10. Go back and give that a listen and see how I handled the day I had a troublemaker in my class. Number two, or, or I'm sorry, the next one, or I guess this would be third place of the six, was episode two. It's called, Yes, I Got the Substitute Teacher Job. I Won It Before Anyone Else Found It. These are one of the early episodes, and again, some listeners may just have a hard time to getting an episode in every week. That's probably a little bit why it's up there, but I do think that's a good episode because it talks about all the paperwork involved, and it talks about using Job Alert, and in fact, it talks about using, I didn't say, I said that wrong, didn't I? It talks about using both Subalert and Jobulator. And at the time I recorded that episode, I was a big Jobulator fan. I had not even considered anything else. If you heard recent episodes, you know that I now like to use Subalert, and there's reasons why for that. And you can find episodes on that. In fourth place is episode number nine, And it's interesting, this one was in second place for a long time before the other two I just mentioned took over. It's episode number nine, Do You Ever Wonder What Students Teach Tell Teachers About Their Subs? I know you all thought this was interesting. I actually recorded this the first week of school this year, and I went around every period and asked them what they told their teachers and there's a lot of insights, and I can, I'm can i going to guess that not only did you listen to it, you probably told some of your friends to listen to it. There's a really good number on that one. In fifth place was episode number six, No Paddles, No Problem. That deals with, you know, we don't paddle anymore. And I'll be honest, I'm one of those that I say thank goodness to that. I think that was out of place. 
I know, you know, I'm old. So I think there's some old fashioned people that says they wish they could do it now, but I think there's better ways of handling that. And that's what we discuss in episode number nine. And then finally, I'm sorry, that was episode number six. And then finally, our highest rated adult uh, interview. And it's, I should go ahead and say it's one that it's one of the very first ones we did. In fact, I think it's the first one we did. And it's number six. It's the highest rated interview I've had. I guess it's possible that some of the others could catch up with it. But I interviewed one of my fellow volleyball referees who is also a teacher. It's episode number eight. Back to school, baby. Miss Sheffield shows how it's done. That was our sixth most popular episode. And there's a lot of things in there. Miss Sheffield is very insightful. I still referee volleyball games with her from time to time. And I always remind her that she's still one of the most popular episodes. It's very exciting for me. I told her how many ideas I've used of hers. And, of course, I'm not going to now go through the whole list. But I do want to share with you the bottom three. Now, I would tell you I'll kind of interpolate this a little bit because it's not fair to consider some of our most recent episodes, ones that have only been out a couple weeks, in the bottom three. So this will instead be maybe leaving out the last month of episodes. What episodes did we listen to least? And then I'll tell you afterwards why I want you to know this. One of those episodes is back at episode number five. It was called Vacation Nation. How about some education? That was one that we basically, I just used some details from my vacation, how you can, how kids love for you to share stories with them. And I shared some vacation stories with them. So that was one of the lower rated episodes. Another one is was episode 13, when students ask, where were you on 9-11? You know, there's just some topics that are hard to discuss, and I don't blame people for not listening to that one as much. There's still several of you that did, but I understand that. Last one was actually episode 21. Teacher subs can do anything if they persevere, even elect a new governor. I know that was a very popular episode in the state of Kentucky because if you listen to that, you knew what we were going through in that regard and why that happened. But I can also episode understand how maybe the rest of you really didn't have that much interest in our governor's election. So those are the kind of things that I know I probably won't do as many episodes about. And I appreciate the way that uh, my provider, Buzzsprout, gives me detailed indications of popularity and listeners. I like the way they calculate listeners. It's kind of a industry. It sets itself apart in that industry and the way they calculate it. So I'm really happy for that. But I want it to be this to be a, an exciting episode. I hope you've enjoyed the first six months of Substitute Teachers Lounge. I hope there's many more to come. I know some that we already have in the works. I'm not even going to mention those anymore because I've learned from the past that a lot of times when I mention I'll have an interview next week, just there's so many scheduling things that tend to get involved. So I'm going to let all these interviews just be surprises for you. I hope you've been enjoying them. But this was our six-month anniversary. We're going to have to have some kind of virtual party, I guess. We'll try to figure out what we can do. I wish you the happiest of holidays. We'll have... Another episode or two, I've lost camp before the holidays kick in. 
Uh, it's going to be in, in the state of Kentucky. I'm entering into the last week before the holidays and before some little vacation time before we go back. I think my long-term sub role might extend into January a little. I am have the teacher in my thoughts. They're the one that will be coming back in January sometime. I know the students miss her, even though we have a good time together. They miss their regular teacher, and I don't blame them for that. So I'm glad you helped me reminisce and learn how to use my favorite tool in a new way so that you could get more out of Kahoot. And this has been episode 26 of Substitute Teacher's Lounge. Music provided by Ben Sound.